0: Supply, supply, supply. Supply is limited, but why? I didn't mean to actually write that as a poem, but there it is. The rates, uh, the, the rate hikes have resulted in fewer porting of mortgages than ever. And I've done a longer conversation on porting before, but the bottom line is many, many mortgages need exceptions to get approved in the first place. And those same exceptions are not necessarily being granted on the request to port the mortgage from one property to another. And there are many reasons for that. So the rate hikes have meant less porting than ever. And also you've got to requalify at the higher stress test. I'm going to talk about that too. The rate hikes have also meant no building because it's that much more expensive for builders to finance the building. But more importantly, the rate hikes have also meant Fewer individual investors than ever entering the condo market. Goodbye, mom and pop, individual investor. The numbers just don't work. In fact, there was a a news article in the newspaper today that talked about how 2020, the average uh, downtown Toronto condo was positive cash flow by $63 a month. Today, they're backwards by anywhere from $200 to up to $400 per month. And it's not looking like that's getting any better anytime soon. And that's factoring in rent increases between 2020 and 2023. So fewer individual investors means that much less demand and thus that much less building. Builders build to meet demand. Now, they also build to meet demand that can close. Now, regarding closing, a four and a quarter percent, you know, 425 basis points, as we say in the industry rate hike has equaled a stress test increase of around 2.5%, which has equaled about a 10% drop in overall borrowing power. And of course, borrowing power is buying power to a great extent. So with further talk of rate hikes now brewing in the news again, this equals yet another potential increase to the stress test. So even less borrowing capacity and potentially fewer sales That's what builders are focusing on. So the message to builders, find a new hobby. Don't build. And because current inventory is so low, people are reluctant to list and sell without knowing they can buy something else. We humans, we crave certainty in almost all areas of life. I mean, except when we don't, like poker, slot machines, roller coasters, whatever. But in real estate and finance. We really, really crave certainty. I mean, real estate investing should be boring. It absolutely should be boring. Real estate should be boring. But given current market conditions, as at May, June, 2023, few among us want to buy something else without a firm sale on our current property. Now, a firm sale on our current property is relatively easy to get in most markets because there's no supply out there. But as soon as you get the firm's sale, the clock starts ticking and you have to find and buy something else. So there's a little bit of a catch-22 because people don't want to accept an offer with a subject to sale. They don't want to wait for you to sell yours to know that this sales firm, they don't need to. There's multiple offers coming in with no conditions whatsoever. So there's kind of this weird little dynamic where you're not moving and I'm not moving, even though... You and I actually would want to buy one another's homes, but we don't know about one another's homes because we're too worried about supply and we're worried about porting our mortgage if we know about this at all. Am I going to hang on to my low rate or am I going to have a new higher rate? We're also worried about the potential bidding wars on the next place, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't list. We sit tight. Everybody's sitting tight, leaving the market supply tight, right? It's that much more limited. So what will break up this logjam and get the party started? Positive market sentiment. Now where's that going to come from? Positive news around either rates qualifying or payment relief. If the Bank of Canada cannot lower rates, which it doesn't seem like they can anytime soon, then lenders with the backing of OSFI need to extend amortizations. And this does not need to be inflationary. This does not need to be an an extended amortization, does not need to be an inflationary thing necessarily. I.e., you could leave qualification standards on the 25 and 30. And that doesn't fix some of the problems I just outlined. But setting the payments against a 35, 40, a 50-year amortization would at least get people back in the game mentally, You know, okay, we actually do qualify for that mortgage, but I don't want that payment. Whereas, okay, we actually qualify for that mortgage and we'd have the option of taking a lower payment initially for the first few years, allowing us to actually buy food, a couch, pay for home insurance. Great. Great. And there was a study done about 15 years ago on people who were then taking 40 year amortizations and 75 percent, three out of four Canadians who came up for renewal five years into their 40 year amortization had a remaining amortization of 32 years, 32 years because they make accelerated weekly payments. They make lump sum payments. You might take that long amortization to begin with just to give you some breathing room in the first six months, year, year and a half. But as your wages increase, as you settle in, as you get more comfortable, you invariably will be part of the majority being Canadian that increase your debt payments and get out of debt that much sooner. So again, qualify us on a 25 to 30, but give us extended amortizations to set the payments to that alone would give the market the psychology, some positive psychology that it needs to get some momentum back into it. And besides, the Bank of Canada measures the cost of servicing the debt, not the cost of the house itself. So again, from inflationary measurements, this would be a win for the Bank of Canada. Give us these longer amortizations, aka manageable payments, and we in turn will give builders demand. And then builders will give politicians supply. And the whole machine can get moving in the right direction again. But for right now, we're stuck. And the more months that pass with all of us stuck, the tougher and longer it will be to dig our way out of an increasingly dire situation. One million new Canadians in the country this year. Well, not all new Canadians, but work visas. I think we're up to 400,000 on three-year visas and another half a million becoming PR, uh, permanent residents. So I myself used the words housing crisis last Tuesday for, I think, the first time. I think it's the first time I've ever actually used those words. I've been hearing them for the better part of a decade, especially being based in Vancouver. I've been hearing them for probably longer than a decade, but I didn't see it as clearly then as I see it today we're going in the exact opposite direction right now that we should be uh, on the topic of supply by an increasingly wide margin. Last year, 270,000 housing starts. This year, 210,000. Next year, 210,000. The two hundred and seventy that was happening in a year when a bunch of politicians were talking about building 100,000 more homes per year than the two hundred and seventy. Well, we're not at 370 to 400. We're actually running closer to half that number now. So, as I say, by an increasingly wide margin, action is required. Somebody's got to do something. Thank you.